0: All of this is possible, along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode on Grieving Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hillica. This is episode number 110, Triggers Are Your Teachers. Um, before I dive into... This episode, I just want to share about my grief coaching, group coaching experience, just because it's on my mind fresh. We just had a call the other day um, with a group and it was so amazing. It was so amazing to really see how a group and being with others opens up. um, I don't know if it's a floodgates or just opens up the possibilities to be vulnerable and really know that the space is safe for you to share. When one person shares, um, you kind of see your own pain, your own story, and then you know that you're not alone. And it is so powerful. I do both um, individual coaching and group coaching, and they are both so amazing in different ways. With individual, I feel like people tend to share more and really dive deeper into um, their own grief experience, but then in a group, you get to see that you actually are not alone. You can hear your story and somebody else's story. You can hear them talking about what's going on with them. And you're like, oh my gosh, I hear you. I see you. I know that I've been there. I am there. Um, and it's so, so powerful. So it's just, I just want to share that, how amazing it is to be the facilitator and guide in those um, sessions. And really, like how much I've learned from when I've been part of groups and I've done my own coaching individually for myself, um, something I just want to reiterate is like, I would not be able to do this work that I do without doing the coaching that I do on myself, the coaching that I invest in for myself, the groups that I invest in for myself, um, like I share with people, like I would not be where I'm at. Without doing the work that I've done to get to here, like it does not happen um, overnight or without effort or work. So I just want to share that. Without further ado, let's dive into triggers are your teachers, and I want to w- warn you that this episode might bring up some triggers for you. So bear with me; it might, it might bring up maybe some resistance, and if you have resistance, just notice it and kind of get curious with it, which is kind of what this whole episode is about. So I first heard this saying a few years ago that your triggers are your teachers, and I was blown away by how true it was. Our natural instinct is to run away from our triggers. If something makes you get triggered, you might do everything in your power to minimize it, avoid it, not let it happen. Um we support avoiding and running away from anything that will bring up painful emotions and memories because we see it as a bad thing. Like as a society we're like, yeah, don't do anything that's going to um, you know, bring that back or I totally get this. Like for me there feels like there are two different kinds of triggers that I had have had to deal with. So one is trauma related and the other is grief related. So even though they are sort of similar, I also see them as different. The thing I believe about triggers is that it's your body's way of letting you know that there's some healing work that can be done around that. It's letting you know that there's a layer there that can be worked through. So, for example, one of my biggest triggers was babies with their eyes half open while they were sleeping. It was a horrific, horrible trigger for me. And here's this thing. It was still a teacher for me. As I did what I could to minimize me seeing it, Um, That included asking my family to not post pictures of their sleeping babies on our family chat, or at least warning me beforehand. I also did things to help me work through it and process that trauma in my body. So yes, I did want to minimize the triggers because it triggered the trauma, and trauma is something that can be helped and processed through, but not by triggering it over and over and over again. So it's not like you want to purposely trigger yourself. It's not like, hey. I need to work through this. I mean, there's some therapies that support that. I don't necessarily agree with that in a sense. I don't think triggering something over and over and reliving something over and over is going to help you move through it. When you trigger your trauma over and over, it just creates the pattern of trauma deeper in your body. That is my belief about trauma and how it works. So it the teacher in that trauma is noticing what triggers you and then processing it working through it and doing techniques like emdr or tapping to help you release the trauma from your body so it's it's not that we're trying to purposely put you in that path of triggering or like that is a bad thing to avoid feeling those triggers but to not let that trigger rule your life so it's so easy to have a trigger And then you do everything in your power to avoid that trigger. So then you live in a state of anxiety and fear because you don't want that thing to trigger you. So I 100% get that. That's how I lived as I worked through and processed um, all this trauma. And so for me, noticing that my triggers are my teachers really gave me freedom. It gave me freedom to work through these layers. It gave me freedom to be free from the fear of that trigger. It gave me freedom to... Really get present with what was going on and to heal and release it so that I don't have to live in fear of that anymore. So, the other way I view triggers um, that we talk about in general are triggers where you feel emotional pain. So, examples could be like going to a baby shower or holding a baby or seeing a person that is your child's age, smelling a smell that they had before, seeing a food that they loved. And this emotional pain can actually be a very physical pain in your body. It is so intense that we also try to minimize those things. So we avoid those things that bring up the intense emotions. So often I hear people say, oh, that's so triggering to me, so I don't want to do that. And it's avoided at all costs. And even the thought of working through it seems daunting. But here's the thing. When you allow yourself to notice your triggers, that's when you can begin to notice where you can do the work in your grief and life. It's not that you can't avoid the things that trigger you. It's not that you can't not go to a baby shower. Maybe that's the most gentle and compassionate thing you can do for yourself is to not go to the baby shower. Maybe it's the most compassionate thing you can do to yourself to stay home and not go to that outing in that moment. But in the meantime, You can do tapping, you can do meditations, you can invest in coaching, you can learn different ways to manage your brains, you can do inner child work. Your triggers are your teachers. They can show you what you can dive into in your healing work. And it's amazing how eventually those things don't trigger you in the same way. With my example of sleeping babies, One of my family members recently posted a picture of their sleeping baby. And then afterwards they said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if that still bothers you, Megan. And I'm glad that they asked, but it doesn't affect me at all anymore. It is not a trigger. I don't get triggered by it. It's fine. I don't have to live in fear of seeing a sleeping baby. I don't have to live in fear of, you know, somebody sharing a picture that's going to send me over the edge. It's really, it's really, really amazing. But it's only not a trigger because I've done so much work and processing around it. When you can open up to your triggers and get curious about what lies underneath, so much can change for you. Instead of trying to live your life trying to minimize triggers, which is exhausting, it's painful, and definitely puts you in a prison of anxiety, fear, and worry, you can live your life fully and be able to meet your fears and anxieties and worries where they are without running. I know that this can seem terrifying, and that's why it's so helpful to reach out for help and have someone guide you through them. I'm happy to help and be part of your journey through this podcast, but if you want to dive deeper and have a coach who understands grief and triggers and what it's like to be walking with childless grief, you can message me at hello at meganhillica.com, and we can chat about how I can help you on your grief journey. You really don't need to do this journey alone. And definitely when your brain is so foggy with grief and it's hard to think past just surviving every single day, it can be so helpful to have someone who can give you tools and guidance to learn how to carry your grief. You got this, my friend. I know that you are doing everything you can to survive every single day. And I truly believe that this work can help you go from surviving every day to learning the tools to support your mind and body and carry you through really, really difficult moments. So remember, your triggers are your teachers. They are not your enemy. See you next week. Take care. If you have found support, encouragement, and changes on your grief journey from this podcast, I want to invite you to come check out Stop Talking, Start Feeling. It's my mini workshop that takes what I talk about in this podcast and really brings it to a tangible, practical level. It dives into emotions and thoughts and how you can begin to process and move through them. There are also sections on releasing and processing sadness and guilt, which so often come up after your child dies. Join me over at www.stoptalkingstartfeeling.com. That's stoptalkingstartfeeling.com.